and we have kicked off. It is the podcast, Play On Podcast, in conjunction with Beer, Rap and Banner, the fortnightly football podcast. Make sure you check us out on all streaming platforms. If you're a first-time listener, thank you. If you're one of the regulars, thank you. Make sure you tell someone. That's how we grow. I'm your co-host, Ben English. And I'm Ash. It's good and people. I am Cal. How you doing, gentlemen? Ash, how you doing, first and foremost? Yeah, good. Um, weather is crap. <laughs> we are very much going into winter now. Um, but yeah, I'm all good. Want to say a quick shout out to Atletico Trotters, um, the Sunday team I'm registered to but never play for. <laughs> <laughs> but I go to training on Tuesdays. Just want to shout out Wes and the boys. They won their first game today, 5-4. Bit of a thriller, kind of in line with what's going on in the Premier League at the moment. So just, yeah, I want to shout out all the Trotters. I will see you at training on Tuesday and I might get one before, one game in this season. Are you someone who trains? Are you are you are you doing like you do well on the training pitch, but not not in the game? Are you like better in training? Nah. So back in the day, I used to be better in games, um, but it's just Sundays are really difficult. Um, just life kind of takes over. But I enjoy the fact that they actually let me train with them. They're a great bunch of lads, and um, yeah, I really enjoyed my time with them for like the last year. So just want to big up the trotters. Wicked, big up the trotters, shining like the jewelry shop trotters. Hopefully, come on. Um, <laughs> I want to pick up the Beckton lot that I play with as well. Pick up all the lads who I play with um, doing their things. So pick up the Beckton lot on a Wednesday. And Cal, how you doing? Looking very fresh with the Arsenal FA Cup jersey. Fresh trim. How you doing, Cal? Yeah, I'm good, man. Was just shooting a couple of hoops earlier. Picked up a little sporty top for that. And then um, when I got back, I realized, well, we're about to start recording. So I just had to put the computer on and get cracking, really. But um, yeah, yeah, it's always nice to wear the club colours. And uh, this is most definitely my favourite shirt right now. The FA Cup winning uh, replica kit. Um, and um, yeah, since everyone's doing shout out, shout out to Riverside FC, uh, my local boys kicking ball down there. I haven't played in a while. Um, they've just started again after COVID, but they're playing in Beckton now, and I don't really fancy going up to Beckton. So when we get popping and barking, then they'll probably see me again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Ash, Ash and uh, Cal just the Arsenal merchandise. It seems like Arsenal want everyone's money with these uh, with these prices. Listen. So uh, no matter where you get your top from, just you know. <laughs> 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 China. Oh, joking, joking. I've a couple of official bits. Um, so yeah, to the club shop, man. Yeah, now big up Adidas. Like Adidas have absolutely done us great with these kits this season. Um, so yeah, I actually copped my first Arsenal shirt in about eight years. Um, yeah, so and I got the, the I got my boy one as well. So yeah, we'll be twinning. Um, we're going to kickstart with uh, results. Um, if you don't mind, guys, I'm going to kickstart with the Premier League results just because it's fresh and then we can touch on uh, some of the main results of the Carabao Cup. Obviously, Bayern, Leverkusen, uh, sorry, Bayern Munich and Sevilla in the Super Cup and then general news towards the end of the show. So don't forget, you can hit us up on at Beer at Bants. Um, and then Cal's been doing great work on the Instagram page of, of people posting their videos. So please uh, make sure you check that out on Instagram at Beer at Bants, all the Twitter, social media. And we're going to start moving forward, going live on a Sunday like a video phone-in, call-in, so people can uh, voice their opinions and get their talk, because this is by the fans, for the fans. Uh, first result, we're going to start with Brighton losing narrowly to Man United 3-2. Um, you've heard of Fergie time in the past. <laughs> this was absolutely ridiculous. Um, 
Brighton uh, at the end losing um, wasn't a, you know I didn't think they deserved to lose. They hit the uh, hit the woodwork five times now. Apparently, and I read this in the newspaper and also saw it in Match of the Day. Since Opta began compelling stats in 2003 for hitting the woodwork, no team had done so more than three times, and Brighton managed five in mm. total. Um, it's insane, isn't it? I think Trossard hit the woodwork three times himself. He had a hat trick yeah. of missed opportunities hitting the woodwork. <clears throat> yeah, if you had him in your fantasy team, you would have been uh, spitting feathers. So they were really unlucky. And then what capped it off was a really strange... Uh, series of events towards the end of the game. You know, they thought they got the late equaliser with um, March, certainly March in the 90th minute or so injury time. And then in the 100th minute or so, um, a penalty decision where the ball, you know, hit the hand, the whistle had gone, the full-time whistle had gone, and then VAR decided that it was, by the new laws, a penalty, and up steps Fernandez uh, to cap, to build on his assist for Rashford, which we'll talk on in a minute, but then a penalty. So, strange, strange decisions. Ash, what was your thoughts on the way the game ended? It's just, it's in keeping with the mad start to the Premier League. Um, so, obviously, I think Brighton were quite unlucky in a sense of how well they played. United were awful. They were absolutely awful yesterday. Um, went 1-0 down deservedly, then managed to kind of get back into the goal through the, the dunk own goal, back into the game through the dunk own goal. Rashford's goal was exceptional. Um, I think it was a one bit of class that they actually put together in the game. And then Brighton just were banging the door down, got the, sec- got the second goal. The thing is, it was the right decision because I don't know what Mope was doing. To be fair, like, after what happened with Mope and Arsenal at the end of the season, he's a bit of a prick anyway, so kind of <laughs> glad it happened to him. No, truth be told, isn't it? But it was just so stupid and so unnecessary for him to do that. The game's still alive. And the thing with VAR is that the referee made the mistake. He shouldn't have ended the game until the VAR check had been complete. Mm. So it was completely, it was the referee's mistake. It was a penalty. Great penalty by, by Fernandez. Um, I think United have bought a couple of penalties in the last year or so. I think that's their 23rd penalty since the start of last season, which is just absolutely ridiculous. But it was a penalty. Um, they didn't deserve to win the game at all. But it's just real stupidness from, from, from Mope. Like, he didn't need to do that. And in the end, he's cost his team two point. He's cost his team a point. I'm just it curious was a, about why you think Mope's a prick, Ash. Do you remember what he did to Leno when he pushed Leno? And, got, and he, 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 part, he injured Leno and then it all kind of kicked off of him and Guendouzi at the end of the, the, end of the game last season. Mm-hmm. Is, he become, a prick? is he become the new Depay? Uh, not Depay, sorry, the Dini for... Um, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. We've always got one. It was Shawcross for a while. We've always oh, got someone still who really hates Yeah, my, nah, my pie's a prick. And I'll say it one more time. Shawcross <laughs> is the worst one because like, that was just some stupid tackle that he made. Crippled off, um, I think it was Ramsey. Oh, Diaby, was it? Diaby or Ramsey? No, that was Ramsey. Ramsey. Diaby was Dan Smith um, from Sunderland. Oh, that, yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. That was, that was in like the last minute or so. The game was done, innit? That was three like, nil yeah. down. Like just he, he literally was going out just to do someone, and then Diaby was never the same again. Two um, games, two games of uh, interesting penalties. Um, Depay's uh, sorry, Mulpa. I keep saying Depay. I don't know why. Mulpa's penalty, the uh, 
Panenka or whatever, the, the cheeky little ding, almost almost didn't make it. How, how embarrassed would he have been <laughs> had they gone in? And then Fernand, uh, Bruno Fernandes, the king of like that little hop, skip and the jump, awkward penalty. And um, this time he just, he didn't muck around. He just buried it. Man United, this is the luck or the extra chances that the big teams are getting. They did have two goals disallowed though, to be fair. Greenwood, back in the starting team, um, had a part to play in both goals that were disallowed mm-hmm. through offside. Uh, the one bit of skill, like you said, or the highlight of all the goals, uh, Fernandez through ball and then Rashford having to beat two or three, you know, two players twice and then getting a deflection and going in. But Man United riding there like a bit. Oli, <clears throat> favourite to go, one of the early managed to go to be to be possible. No pre-season, um, quick turnaround after Europa. And they're looking sluggish, like you said. They're looking mm-hmm. flat. Um it's not looking good for Man United. Moving on, we've got another VAR decision, uh, one that left manager Hodgson moaning. Hodgson, Crystal Palace losing to Everton. Now, Everton on the up. I know Ryan had them as the team to sort of break through this season. Uh, Rodriguez, great purchase. His his passing distribution is such a... Crazy. He's touched but, as well. Yeah. He's touched Velcro. It, yeah, yeah. His first time ball to... Um, Oh, what's his name? The striker with the blonde hair. Um, Calvert Lewin. No, the other one, man. Oh, Richarlison. Richarlison, sorry. That through ball in the second half, sort of in transition, was just different class. But again, Everton finding a way to win. They ground out a win there, away to Spurs, and they've done it away to an informed Crystal Palace. Now, this this penalty, I think, was shocking. That decision was disgusting. shocking. It's disgusting. And I think what made it worse for me is. The fact that he had so he had one earlier. Um, this is Joel Ward, by the way, where it hit him in a really close proximity and it was looked at. But this one was crazy because the, the ball's come over, Dinier's got a header, his hands are down, he hasn't moved anything, he's literally just turning on an yeah. on that on an axis. The ball's hit him. It's just uh, to me, it's not even VAR that's the problem, it's the actual rule and the interpretation of it. So I think sometimes what happened last season was we spoke a lot about our oh, VAR this, VAR that. It's not actually that. It's the actual rule that's the problem. And I think it's literally a case of if the ball hits your arm and you are slightly away from your body, it's going to be a penalty. And I just don't think it's fair. Like The way people jump, the way people move, you have to use your arms. It's going to, it's going to literally end up being like, say, three or four penalties a game if that's given. Yeah. And I, just, I just think it, I think the rule needs to be looked at. And I think that's where it will start to work a bit better. One thing I would say, though, is I'm glad that the referees are, are taking more time to go to the monitors to mm. kind of like make a decision. And I think that's a, that's a good step, a step forward from last season. But the, I still think the referee went to the monitor and got the wrong decision. But, but I think it's the right decision based on what the law wants. That's it. That's, yeah, and that's the thing. I still think the law needs to change. I think we're making the right steps, but the law definitely needs to change. It's become too literal... Um, mm, and you yeah. need you still you now we've been taken now it's been taken away the interpretation or the referee sort of views on it of like okay well realistically considering where the player is the ball to hand as opposed to handball um, just to echo what you're saying about the referees taking longer they now don't have the pressure of thirty thousand fifty thousand fans onto them there's no. <clears throat> agonising wait for fans which then could cause you know 
these other decisions not to be made. You know, they, they can mull it over a lot more. Um, mm. It's good that VAR overriding refs to some degree. So it's it's on the right path, like you said. Um, it's been a lot better than last season, but now it's it's you know it's it's going to be ups and downs. It'll even itself out in the season. But Roy Hodgson obviously saying he's taking away his enjoyment for the game at the moment, and rightfully so. Um, when you've just lost at home. Um, just to touch on that, can we touch on Calvert-Lewin? I've made a note, one shot, one kill. Um, he's been the first player since Stephen Naismith in 2014-15 season to score in all three, uh, Everton player to score in all three games. Ancelotti's sort of trying to work on him the way he worked on Inzaghi. Um, and he's got this really interesting quote, Calvert-Lewin saying, uh, Ancelotti is on me every day for one-touch finishes mm. and to be in the box, I'm in the right areas. It's nice to know what I'm working on in training is coming off in the pitch. Um, Ancelotti's obviously seen that he's got the potential to just be that player in and around the box, in and around the six-yard area, header, right foot, left foot, and he's, he's reaping the benefits now. He's top goal scorer. People have got him in their fantasy team, obviously enjoying his uh, success, and um, I hope he pushes on from that. I heard a, yeah. I heard a, an Ancelotti interview where um, they asked him about you know what he's been doing the work he's been doing with Calvert Lewin, and he said, you know what he said to him was, a, a striker shouldn't be taking three touches like a striker should only need to take one touch, and I just thought that is some magnificent advice from one of the greatest football managers of all time because it it doesn't sound like a lot. But something like that will change your whole game. Going from someone who traps the ball, takes another touch, takes another... Like, in the Premier League, mm-hmm. we're in a game that's played at such a high pace, that can take so much time. So if you can change your game to be a person that just one touch, bang. Mm. And he's got... Now we've seen the result of that. Definitely. And he's got the players around him, D- uh, Dina, Rich- uh, Richarlison, Rodriguez. They're all support uh, providing that support. He's great in the A. We saw he gets his goal against Spurs. Um, he's got a great leap. And he's just, he's getting in the box, he's getting in the area. Last week with the hat-trick, he could have had, you know, he could have had five. So, ratio of averages, if he keeps trying, they're going to go in one touch, one shot. Golden eye, golden gun, N64, taking it back. Yeah, he's moving good. Yeah, good player. Everton, looking, like Everton looking solid. Yeah, and I think I think you have to kind of just rate his, his hunger. And he was always seen as that guy who would just be around the squad, um... Someone who would just be like, yeah, he may get a couple of goals here and there, but he's really worked on just not just the, just the one touch stuff, but like even his movement. He's a constant nuisance. Like physically, he's very, very good. His hold up plays improved a lot as well. Yeah, um, I saw a lot of that last season, and yeah, he's just he's. I think he's going to do well, and I think he might actually start becoming a bit of an outsider for the England team. I think so. He's a shout. He's definitely a shout for having um, something extra to throw in the mix. Uh, in tournament football, mm. uh, if they go, you know, if they go into games late and they need sort of a different approach, and he's uh, he's quick as well. Um, he reminds me, and there's a similar player we're going to talk about now as we talk about the West Brom free, Chelsea free, um, Tammy Abraham. They're both quite similar. Calvert Lewin, obviously, maybe just edging it this season. But what a game! Uh, it's quite ironic. I've put here that free the amount of money that Chelsea spent on these new signings that it was free homegrown English players that helped dig themselves out of trouble. Uh, West Brom thought Christmas must have come early. Two goals sort of gifted to them. 
defensive mistakes and just lapness. Even the last one, to be fair, the third goal, positioning was all over the place. But Chelsea really facing an uphill struggle at half-time, 3-0 down. Um, I had a draw that I put on Instagram and Chelsea uh, plugging away. I, you know, I was, saying, I was saying in the WhatsApp group, they don't seem to have that steel at the moment. They haven't got those nasty players, those, uh, you know, I won't use the word that I used uh, on the WhatsApp group, but... You know, you know, them John Terry's, <laughs> them Diego Costas, yeah. them Drogba's, them, you know, see you next Tuesday type players that need to grind out results, especially away from home. They just seem very easy on the eye at the minute, very quick. Werner looked okay. I had him as captain, as I'm sure a lot of our listeners did, and he hit the crossbar. I wasn't really in the game as much, but they haven't really got that still just to bully teams like they, that, like they used to do. And West Brom, West Brom needed that result. Do you think those personalities are what made uh, Frank Lampard's Chelsea team great, the team that he played in? And do you think, you know, as a manager, maybe he should be bringing in players that are of that type or of his type? Yeah, I think it was a, I think it was a Mourinho trait uh, that he brought in players that were big, strong and nasty. And we've even seen Mourinho talk about it in that comedy, the Spurs documentary. I think, you know, I recommend people should watch that comedy if they want to laugh. Uh, nothing is just called, isn't it? Nothing. Um, All or nothing. All or nothing. <laughs> no, <I'm> just <laughs> 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 the end day. So I think it was a Chelsea trait early on and it's, it's proved to work uh, with the blueprint. And, and, they always had sort of hard-working, blue-collar, excuse the pun, that wasn't intended there, but blue-collar, hard-working players in and around midfield and up top. And at the minute, they don't seem to have that. Does Frank need to bring that in? Possibly. Do they need to graft and and get their head straight? Definitely. Is, is Frank Lampard being found out? Again, possibly. I don't think Chelsea have the... You know, they, they, they remind me a bit like the Arsenal team. They're a bit wafer-thin at the minute. You've got Kante, who's putting the graft in, but he's only one player. Thiago Silva was, uh, I think he was more Alex Alex from Glasgow than, than Thiago Silva. <laughs> yeah, yesterday. I thought that, that was funny. Yeah, then... <laughs> that was probably funny. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter had a field day with that one. Um, Ash, what, what were your thoughts on West Brom needing a result? And then jumping out ahead, you'd expect them to, to hold on to the lead or, or to score free from home, you'd expect them to win, but just sort of crumbling towards the end. Yeah, I think it's a tough one because they're, they've gone 3-0 up. They probably didn't expect to go 3-0 up. I think everyone had Chelsea to, to, to score free, but not to ship that. And I think it's interesting because they scored the two goals against Everton the week beforehand. And then once they got the, the red, well, the red card happened just before they got their second goal. They, they, they've now found the net, so they've got a bit of confidence going forward. They just, I don't think they're good enough in the central midfield. I think Livermore and Sawyers are championship quality players. Um, I think Ajay is a decent centre-back. I'm not too sure about Bartley or um, O'Shea. But that those four and the goalkeeper aren't good enough. So mm. what happens with that is they're going to score lots of goals. And I think we're going to see them score quite a few goals this season. But just what they've got in that kind of that 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 four in the middle of their in center of their defense center of midfield is just going to allow them to just be kind of like run through regularly. Um, I think he needs to bolster that area, and then they may have a chance. 
um, because they, they they got a lot going forward. Like Pereira's looks really good so far. Yeah. Um, Ghana obviously got the goal last week. Um, now Robson's kind of come off the mark. He's got two. So those three will be a handful for people. Um, and it's tragic. It's actually tragic. And to be fair, what's annoying? So now we go back into VAR. The change of the handball rule has meant that Kyle ha- Kyle Kai Havertz actually handballed the ball in the build-up, but because it wasn't like the touch directly before the goal was scored, it's not actually a handball. Whereas before, if there was a handball at any part of the build-up in that phase of play, it would have been ruled out. So again, like they've changed the rule in a way that doesn't really benefit people, and it's not really clear. So it's a it's a it's a shame for West Brom that they. They probably deserve to win the game yesterday. Um, but yeah, unfortunately they haven't. Do you think, Carol, do you think just quickly before we move on to the last game, do you think with the fans there, they would have helped West Brom see the game over the line with maybe a 3-2? They would have, uh, you know, they would have helped. It would have helped West Brom, basically. The fans. I mean, it, it is it is always a debatable point, that, isn't it? Because we know the fans are the 12th man. Players do respond to encouragement. Everyone responds to encouragement, uh, don't we? Um, so it's it's possible. I just think you know, really, really, they kind of got they got a bit unlucky there. Um, but they should feel encouraged from that performance because they all play well. It looks like there's a lot of players that were under my radar. Um, maybe some other people have been watching them and, and are well aware of what they could do. But I'm sure everybody that's watching Premier League football is now well aware of what West Brom can do. That guy Pereira looks like a serious mm. flair player. Mm. Um, and um, even the uh, the striker up front, I've forgotten his name. Is it Bartley? No, Bartley's a centre-back. Robson. Robson, Robson, that's the one. Robinson. Yeah, Rob, Rob, he looks Robinson, sharp. The, the tall, light-skinned guy with the little, mm. the, the little sort of colourful uh, high top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he looks sharp and, and they'll be dangerous, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so interesting one, and we end off last week's results. Last weekend, sorry, this uh, yesterday's results. Southampton needing needing a result after getting spanked by Spurs and going away to Burnley, and sort of it was quite ironic that it, it was sort of a Burnley performance, a gritty one 0 win. They defended well. Ings popping up um, against uh, his old. Was he playing for Burnley then? His old team. Um, mm. Yeah. And then Shea Adams with the assist, which I was happy for, and the clean sheet because I had McCarthy. So they say uh, Sean Dyche's 400th game, and they say he spent he'd spent 399 of those games, roughly speaking. <laughs> 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 oh, so I mean, Ings doing it again. Good, good, uh, good result for Southampton. Needed that after the last few games, and they move forward. Um. I just want to touch on this weekend's games quickly uh, before we t- we move on. We've got Sheffield United and Leeds, which is currently being played um, at this current time. And Ash, I know your uncle is a Leeds fan, um, yes. and it's currently nil nil at this present point. I don't know what we want to say about that, really. But mm. then maybe the big games: uh, Spurs, Newcastle. Can we see anything more than a than a Spurs win? So. Newcastle came to London and beat West Ham 2-0. And I think that was fairly a surprise result. I know West Ham haven't been great, but for Newcastle to kind of win and keep a clean sheet um, was, was a bit of a shock. Spurs obviously got beat by Everton and we see Everton win their, 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 their next few games and look really good this season. So 
there's that then there was that miraculous turnaround of like 44 minutes of absolute dross and then 46 minutes of the Kane and Son show last week. So if Kane and Son are, 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 are at it, there's no chance for Newcastle. Yes. But there's there seems to be something with Tottenham at home. They're not the most clinical. They're not the best. Um, so we'll see. They obviously had the game in midweek as well, the um, Europa League qualifier. Yep. I guess we'll see how they respond to it. I expect Tottenham to win, if I'm honest, but I wouldn't put it past Newcastle to make it a, a, a sticky day, at least. Mm-mm. I don't think Newcastle will have the same naivety as Southampton did with that high line yep. last week. And obviously being a, being away from home and Steve Bruce having them a lot uh, drilled. I think Jamal Lewis might not be playing. Mm-hmm. And I know St. Maximin, who was my bargain player in fantasy, I don't think he's he's recovered from his ankle injury. Also, when Mourinho played Son and Kane up front as a two, they definitely noticed uh, a massive improvement in, in sort of the attacking, uh, you know, what they got in return, as opposed to sort of Son having him out on the wide, on the wing or wider player and pushing on. Uh, does Ali, if he's fit, does he, does he feature today? Or do you think that's it, the writing's on the wall? He's getting that tough love. He's getting that tough love, and does he, you know, that classic Mourinho tough love that he's done to Luke Shaw? Um, he did it to Joe Cole. He's done it to a few players, and it can make or break you, man. I think he's struggling to get in there. I yeah. think, especially now, like remember, they've got they've got Bell, who they're going to get fit. So when they've got Kane, Bell, and Son as a front three, he's going to play Hoiberg because that's his new his new favorite kind of like buy. Sissoko or Winks will get a game. And then you've got, say, so many players vying for that last slot in there. And I don't think Ali's really worth it. I don't think he's been worth it for a while. I think maybe a move away would be good. Initially, when Marina came in, I thought, yeah, this is the idle person for, for Deli Ali. But obviously, he's not, he's not really shown what he should show. Um, yeah. And obviously, injuries... Really- have, inju- yeah, like injuries have, injuries have kind of like caused issues for him. But I do think he's just completely dropped off of the cliff. But he was always a very limited footballer, but he had very good numbers. Um, and I just think now now that he's not got his numbers to rely on, it makes it a lot harder to actually justify his selection in the team. He's not even in the squad. So just looking mm. at the team now, he started with uh, Heiberg, Winks and Celso, which mm. if you're a sort of a, a top a top tier team, you've got to be uh, rubbing your hands at those three in midfield. They'd get mm. overrun. Winks... Still, for me, I think he's sort of stealing living there. Um, and then you've got Mora, Kane, and Son, which offer a lot. But he's, you know, he doesn't fancy Ndombele. Bergwijn's on the bench. Lamella, um, you know, he's in and out. So, interesting time for Spurs. Uh, you know, we, I think they'll win it, like you said, but Newcastle make it hard. Um, Cal, Man City, Leicester. Goals, goals, goals. Leicester obviously struggling at the back with injuries. Um, Jesus now injured as well. Mm. So no Aguero, no Jesus. Cal, what's your thoughts on maybe an, another city, uh, another city win? Well, we'll see. We shall see. Um, Leicester are a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to see. I'm not sure if we're going to see a Leicester win right now. Um, Kevin De Bruyne is in absolutely sensational form. I wouldn't be surprised if De Bruyne banged in a couple. Um, and uh, with this Pep Roulette, you're never sure who's going to start. You don't know who's really going to play and who's going to be the ones uh, missing out. But you know that their squad is so deep and so full of quality. 
they can put together a, a devastating team with whoever comes in. I'd like to see a bit of this uh, Ferran Torres uh, guy. He's quite a young guy and the recent sign-in. I think uh, Nathan Ake has settled in quite well. Um, obviously, him being experienced in the Premier League, um, you'd expect him to kind of hit the ground running. Um, and I, I really like him. I think he's a good player uh, and a good sign-in for, for Man City. Um, and I just think yeah, maybe they'll be a bit too strong for Leicester. But Leicester have had a very good start. They've got some momentum behind them. Um, I do like the look of uh, of their little uh, fullback Justin. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't actually know about him before this season, to be honest. Uh, so he was a bit of a surprise for me. Um, and he's been playing well. Um, and yeah, and, and we'll see. You know, Harvey Barnes is in good form as well. Uh, so there should be, you know, uh, there should be some problems for City coming from Leicester's left hand side. Um, and uh, I'm not so sure if they're going to be equipped to deal with that. Uh, Kyle Walker, I'm not so sure he's the best defensively. So we, we shall see. There might be a bit of dread for Leicester down their left. Um, but overall, I would probably expect Manchester City to get. That's your boy as well, isn't it? Harvey Barnes is your boy, Ben. Last season he was. I've moved on. Champ, that's what winners do, man. We just, you know, we move on. We move on. <laughs> Listen, listen. The way the way my current fantasy is going, yeah, I'm still I'm 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 still punching, keep my head above water, but I'm gonna be dining out on last se- on last season because I was first in pretty much everything. So until until the belt gets taken from me, um, the milk it. A hundred percent. I'm gonna be like a farmer milking a cow, bro. I'm gonna be um, Barnes. We move, we move. I'm looking for the new wave. I think I found a few, but I'll keep it under my hat. You know, wait for the videos on Instagram. Um, just quickly move on. We got West Ham Wolves. Uh, Wolves in, I'm sorry, West Ham in big trouble. They're going to need a big result. I fancy a draw with that one. But let's just quickly touch on Arsenal Liverpool, or should I say Liverpool Arsenal on Monday night. Um, I'm a lot of people are fearing that Arsenal are going to hold their own. They, you know, can't see past the Liverpool win, but it won't be as bad as it's been in, bad in previous seasons. Um, I'm still fearing the worst. <laughs> I'm still waiting for Liverpool to click into gear and you know, holding. Louise, maybe Tin, he does he does he play, doesn't he play? Gabriel, um, you know, I can't see past the Liverpool win. Uh, I can see a free a free one. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna be more competitive. I don't like we've held some corn there recently, like we've been beaten five one, there was a four nil. even a three one last season could have been a lot more. Um I think we I think we are more competitive. Um I think he'll play El Nelly as well. I think and I think Maitland Niles will start. Um, David Luiz I think Tierney has to play we're a much better team whenever Tierney plays oh yeah yeah but he has to play um, but yeah I think I think we'll be competitive I think free see the thing is you can lose 3-1 and get absolutely like slumped or you can be in the game and then maybe get caught on the break so I think it could I think 3-1's a decent shout but I think it could be a close 3-1 if that makes sense Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, three one still three one. I mean <laughs> and Klopp Klopp gave an interesting article saying he he has really admired what Arteta has done. Now Arsenal are more structured and and harder to break down and, and there's more uh, fl- fluidity uh with the defence and midfield and when they defend, you know, it's like four five one. Um they were unlucky in the in this FA Cup against Arsenal and, and in the league which the, pretty much the season had been done, wrapped up. Uh, maybe it's just the uh, cynic in me, but uh, Liverpool 
on their day. And Firmino, you know, he's gonna something's gonna happen for all the stick he mm-hmm. gets for not scoring. Someone comp- did Ryan compare him to Heskey, modern day Heskey, which I think was a bit bit harsh on, on Emil Heskey. But um we shall see with this weekend's results. Um I'm just gonna fly through the general news now. We've got Ryan Reynolds, the actor, the famed actor who starred in Deadpool, to name a few, is showing interest in buying or becoming like a shareholder in Wrexham football team. Um, let me just bring up the article. I don't know if anyone highlighted this first. They want to pass the baton. Ash? Yeah, I did. So, yeah, so Ryan Reynolds, obviously, like Deadpool, um, multiple films that he's kind of been involved in. He wants to do a joint takeover um, with Rob McElhenney, um, who appeared in Fargo. Um, they've actually put some stuff together um, and they're actually looking to um, do a takeover, which could lead to maybe, let's say, two million being invested in the in the in the club. Which obviously, two million doesn't sound like a lot of money in football nowadays, but that could be something that could really push um, a team like Wrexham forward. And we also got to always remember about this stuff is it kind of it starts a, a trend. So I think um, LeBron invested in um, Liverpool when they weren't doing as well. Um, People from all walks of life want to get involved in football because they see the reach of it. Um, mm. And for them to go into somewhere like Wrexham, it would just regenerate the area, like the stories will kind of come in, the interest kind of goes up. And then if they start to build and they become a bit of a force, then who's to know like what they can kind of go on to be? I'm not going to say they're going to be winning the Champions Leagues in 10 years' time, but if that area gets a bit of a regeneration because of the football, I think it's a really yeah. good and positive thing. So I think whenever some one kind of comes in with the clout that see around Ryan Reynolds has, it can be really good for not just the, the football team but the region as a whole. Yeah, I think the LeBron thing was linked in with the owners, the mm. American owners. <clears throat> yeah. And he had shares, he had he had minor shares and he's obviously used that as an investment years ago. Um big big shout out to LeBron James and the LA Lakers which have gone to their NBA finals again. I know this is this is a football podcast but just mm. acknowledging greatness. Um and also, like you're saying, it does raise awareness for a team like Wrexham. I'll never forget when Wrexham put Arsenal out of the FA Cup all those years ago. Um, yeah. Yeah. Was it Mickey Tom? Was it Mickey Thomas? Or? Yeah, slap that free kick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, and me being a you know a bit of Welsh in me as well, I, I acknowledge the Welsh team. So, that'll be really interesting to see how that builds, even if it's just publicity and it gets sort of a bit more attention on Wrexham now. I think it's a great move. I mean, small clubs always are going to be struggling um, and it's going to be tough for the smaller clubs to compete with the bigger clubs like in cup competition. So when a team like Wrexham does have a good result against a, you know, a team like Arsenal, they would call it a giant killing, wouldn't they? And it would be a huge deal. But maybe something like this can help Wrexham to become one of the bigger clubs. And I think from a business perspective, uh, when you look at Wales, um, the real estate over there is a lot cheaper than what it is in England. Um, so this is actually a very astute business move to to purchase a club specifically in that country that competes in English football. It's it's, it's a great move. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how Wrexham uh, develop. Nice. Going from uh, Wrexham across the lands, a team that's uh, close to Cal and mine, uh, our heart in Warren Forest, Leighton Orient, unfortunately had to forfeit their recent Carabao Cup match with Tottenham Hotspurs. Um after a number of players in the squad um, tested positive for COVID-19. Um, 
they basically were due to play Spurs midweek in the Carabao Cup. There was a number of games on, and Spurs paid for the uh, testing, which is which is on it to them. But however, as a result, players were seen as positive of COVID, and the game had to be initially postponed and then forfeited. So it meant Leighton Orient lose, lost out on a, like a hundred and fifty grand worth of cash injection, which was. You know, I think it's I think it's disappointing, upsetting. They were one of the only teams, if not the only team, to be tested or put themselves forward. Other teams didn't, and as a result, for doing the right thing, they've been punished with the game being void and Spurs getting a buy into the next round. Um, Ash, what's your thoughts on you know Spurs doing that thing, but then obviously having to pay the price? Yeah, I think like credit to them. So I saw that, and I think even they've also been like trying to buy merchandise from the club shop as well to kind of support and make up for all of the fees that have been taken. So one of our previous guests, Adam um, Bear, he jumped on and showed me that on his Instagram story. I think, yeah, listen, like, now's the time for community. Now's the time to kind of come together. So there's so many things that's kind of happening um, to multiple um, football teams. And we'll talk about it in a second when it comes to finances. Where, where, where you can help, you should do. Like, not everyone's going to be in a position to help. But if you can help and you can do something, then definitely, like, where it's all about community and you want to have as many clubs there and working well. So, yeah, I'm a big believer in... I'm, I'm fair play to Tottenham. I, I do kind of, like, poke fun to them whenever I can. Um, but, yeah, fair play to them on this one. Yeah, yeah. Maybe should have sort of been pushed back till uh, everything was all clear. But I know Orient's game this weekend was postponed as well in the league. Uh, I hope they don't they aren't uh, penalised for that and lose three points because that could be really bad to their push for becoming stable again and then pushing on for promotion, which I hope they do get because, like I was saying, it is local team up the road from where we grew up and we hope yeah. they hope the players recover and, you know, we'll see what happens in, you know, in future times with teams recovering from COVID and, and then we're seeing fans back and whatnot. Um have you got anything to say about Orient? Are you happy for us to move on? Um, well, just this is a bit of a sad situation. And um, I don't know, uh, maybe slightly unrelated to football, but I'm just uh, a little bit uneasy about this COVID situation. You know, talk of a, another lockdown coming, all of these new rules. And then what's going on with the sporting calendar? The football's still kicking off. We heard about Pogba and some other players um, recently being affected with COVID-19. Now you've got Orient pulling out of a match. The match gets completely cancelled, not even rescheduled. It's just, it's like it's a crazy time, isn't it? Mm. It is. It is. It's um, so we hope you know everyone out there listening. Obviously, find some sort of support with us uh, throughout the week, or if you know someone who's suffering from COVID or, or family member, obviously important to talk to someone. Stay safe. Wash your hands. And just adhere and wear your mask, man. Please, people, then wear your fucking mask. I don't want to swear, but I'm getting the train every day. Yeah, I do a big old commute and people are wearing their masks on their elbow. They're wearing it underneath their nose. They're wearing it on their chin like a chin strap. Like, wear the mask, man. Even if you don't agree to it, just wear the mask. And, you know what I mean? That's all I'm going to say. So it's a bit of a bit of a rant there, but I'm seeing yeah, yeah. people. You got a point, we all know but, people that but, have suffered from it. Hmm? You got a point, but with a mouth like yours, maybe you should be wearing a mask too. <laughs> I do wear a mask. Oh, you mean now? Muzzle. You know that one's like, you know what? I need a, I want a mask that's like Bane. 
I want like the things coming out of it, so it looks crazy. That <laughs> That's the moment. Crazy. Can you imagine? Yeah. I am Gotham's reckoning. Just talking about sort of the football, uh, COVID, and sort of financial implications. Ash, I know you said this really interesting yeah. night. Uh, with football teams set to lose millions and millions. We spoke about it with Orion and the lower league teams losing hundreds of thousands, which is incredibly important to them and main showing that they're maintained in the football leagues, but also on the higher end, you know, Man United set to lose 140 million. Arsenal could lose 120 million amid COVID crises. Mm. Just build on that. Yeah. So, um, a couple of um, articles have kind of come out. One saying that the teams at the top of the, the football pyramid should be filtering more money down to support teams lower down. So we spoke about Wrexham earlier on. We've spoken about other teams in the championship and lower leagues um, losing lots of money because of gate receipts. Mm. But there's a lot of money that's also being lost at the top end. So I think they've said that United, with their match day revenues, like what people buy in the stores, um, the the food, the hospitality, all of those things, they've lo- they they could lose up to 140 million pounds this year. Ooh. Now, how can a club like Man United, who don't get me wrong, they make a lot of money, how are they going to be asked to support further down the pyramid when they're struggling to kind of support themselves? And let's not pretend that like these these clubs are perfect. Like we're not going to we're not going to say that a lot of money is wasted on transfers, on on excessive wages, on image rights deals, and those kinds of things. But they are still run like a business. So Arsenal, I know they, they let off like 55 um, employees, but then they've also given like, like Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang a bump of new contracts. We're trying to sign other players for like vast amounts of money. So there is a bit of kind of, well, what's more important to you? You have to kind of like keep your assets. Do you then help the community? There's a lot going on. But I do think what needs to be done is I think there needs to just kind of be a look at kind of the financials around football and to look at, okay, cool, how do we learn from from this period to ensure that clubs don't necessarily kind of struggle in the way that they used to. And I also think it really puts the the power of the fan back back into focus because the fans make football. I've not really enjoyed matches as much as I do when fans are there. I think the level of intensity has been different. I Mm. think a lot of the players have struggled with actual, like, it's so silent. Sometimes it feels like a training game. So people aren't really as intense as they, they could be. This is not for everyone. Um, and even some players will probably come out of their shell because they don't have 30,000 people on their back if they make a mistake. But I do think we need to look at the financials of football and say, well, actually, can we really expect the top teams to be giving money further down the food chain when they could be losing multiple millions of pounds themselves? It's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. I know they had some fans coming in to the Super Cup game which was held in Budapest, Hungary, with Bayern Munich and Sevilla. Um, and I know in the Arsenal ladies, Spurs ladies, yesterday, at the time of recording this, they had fans in there. So they're, they're, they're trialling it. Could be too early. I mean, we're already seeing a, a, a second lockdown in major cities in the north of England. Um, you know, I think London will be up next soon. We just hope that everyone listens this time. And, uh, mm. you know, it's just safe. Uh, and then the money, the money does go to the smaller clubs or, 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 the, or the local teams that are part of the community. And, you know, a lot of people are banking on these teams for, for, their, uh, for their jobs, for their release, for their entertainment. Their, you know, it's like real heartbeats, you know, these smaller teams. Yeah. So, 
we shall see what happens in that regard. Um, Cal, how are we doing for time? I'm just conscious the time's going. We did have this uh, Suarez story, but it's pretty funny. We can get kinda, our teeth to that. Kind of gone over time, but uh, I think we could do one last story. Okay. So we'll just end on this one. This is quite funny. So uh, Luis Suarez, we love him or hate him. You've got to respect his game. Has been told by Kuman at Barca that he's sort of been surplus to requirements. He's not needed at Barca. Um, he attempted to go over to Juventus and he was taking some sort of citizen test to get his passport. Did you guys hear about this? Um, yeah. Yeah, so this is, this is hilarious. And yeah. then basically he took the test to get a passport and citizenship and to be considered, you know, eligible to play in Italy. And Passed it, passed it with flying colours, smashed it, all going through, all going well. And then based on a wiretap and investigation, it's found out that uh, it was fixed, basically. Investigation says language standards fixed. So not only is he a cheat on the football pitch, he's a cheat in the classroom. Um, the lengths he'll go to. But he's ended up going to Atletico now, I believe. Yeah. Simeone, so... You know, one player for shithousery has gone to the ultimate shithousery team <laughs> to perform more fuckeries together. Um, <laughs> Match made should, in heaven. They should just be called Fuckeries FC, innit? Like a fantasy football <laughs> team or something. Excuse my language. I'm swearing today, man. I'm, not, I'm having a bit yeah, of a Yeah, I was going to say. It's Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> the, the holy day. Pre- yeah, well, it depends. Depends, your, depends on your faith if it's the holy day. If you're not, it's just another True. day. Because even like for some of them, like so, seven day Adventists, the, the most important days are Saturday. And in Islam, yeah. Friday. In yeah, Asia. Friday, Friday players. So whatever your religious beliefs, we support you. Uh, yeah. football, football is our religion. Brings people together and causes less civil war. But we won't go into that. That's more about beer rap and banter talk there. Um, any talk about Suarez sort of going to Atletico, moving on? Barca in Barca all over the place. Yeah, I, I think a lot of teams are all over the place. And I think even like this whole transfer window is still taking place. It's not going to finish until um, next month. I think there's like still a number of days left. It's, the season's not really going to settle down for a little while. So once it does settle down and we get into it, then it makes sense. But Barca, like Suarez, I don't... I'm kind of done with him now. Like I think he's just. I think he's now just a bust. Fast. I think he'll still score goals in the Liga because he's he's that good. But like his Champions League record hasn't been good for a little while. Um, Barcelona need a regen. Um, they really need to kind of start focusing on some younger talent. I think they need to give um, Griezmann the license to be the central striker because I don't understand why you buy someone like Antoine Griezmann and play him left wing. Um, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, so. I think it's a good move for Barcelona as a whole. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see what they end up doing by the end of the time. Yeah, because it says they've got rid of Rakitic, Vidal, Semedo, Suarez. Um, they got their young players, so they've lost some real talent and haven't mm. seen to pull that in. I know Kuman was looking at Ronaldo. Liverpool might be reluctant to to get rid of him as backup for. Uh, Thiago that they've now brought in which is making them you know will make them just ridiculous especially it seems having to sit back and uh, they've got that young lad Fatty is it Fatty Fatty yeah he's a, a great talent but 
putting a lot of uh, pressure on the young set of shoulders. Messi's still unhappy. Should be interesting. Real Madrid on the other side probably lapping this all up. And Atletico enjoying the turmoil. So it should be an interesting season in La Liga. Um, time is running and I appreciate everyone listening. Uh, before we go, Cal, do you want to add anything? You happy? Everything's going? Yep, yeah, yeah. I would just say uh, a huge shout out to Inter Miami FC as always. Um, it is a struggling club uh, owned by uh, our own David Beckham and uh, they've recently got a positive result beating Atlanta United 2-1. Um, so shout out to Inter Miami. Still struggling, but you know, they're, they're getting there. Slowly but surely they're getting there. I love this. I love this um, MLS section headed by Cal. <laughs> trying to get, he's trying year. to get, uh, trying to get a link so he can be flown over there with the team in the <laughs> Miami Palm Beaches with all the models, and he'll be like, uh, "Yeah, <laughs> fly us out, man, fly us out." They're they're going away to Philadelphia tomorrow, so that's a game starting at one thirty in the morning, um, and um, they're actually off the bottom of the table. So they that with that last win. That's taken them off the bottom of the Eastern Conference. 14 teams, they're sitting in 13th place on 11 points. And um, it's one point just separating them with, in, with Chicago in 12th. So shout out to Inter Miami. Let's go. Lads holiday. We're going to go international. If we can get away, if all our missus is let us go away and we get enough, you know, we, we, we save up the peas, we'll get Ryan involved. Um, maybe we should set up like a, uh, what's a Patron or Cash App? If people want to send us some money, oh, sure. go, go fund me and get everyone to to support us. So, yeah, and we could do our little <laughs> vlogs and stuff, and like, and, and they can see the whole trip. Yeah, that yeah, would so be dope. What, what turn it into OnlyFans? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Oh, only scams, only scams. We got the four one niners. Um, if people want to pay for us to go on holiday while they're freezing in England. <laughs> I've got no qualms about that. But big up in the Miami. Big up. Uh, David Beckham, local lad for us as they push on. Ash, anything you want to end on? Nah, man, we're good. Um, big up Ryan, he's not here today, but um, yeah. Um, shout out to all the guys locked in that support us. And yeah, big up to everyone who interacted with our videos as well. So we posted, like you said, you posted more videos. Um, all the guys that, that put a video up for us as well as interacted with them. Um, yeah, we appreciate you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. And don't forget, this is open to the public. So if anybody wants to send us a one-minute video talking at Football Talk, hit us up at beerrapandbanter at gmail.com. Wonderful, wonderful. I've been your co-host, Ben English. Thanks for listening. I've been Ash. Peace. Cal. Have a good week, everybody, and enjoy the football. Brah! Yeah, forgive my... Uh,